Yo, monkey, it's me, D-D-P, the king of Bada Bing, the master of the diamond cutter, the three-time, three-time, three-time world champion and CEO and founder of DDP Yoga. And you, monkey, well, you, you're listening to the Cruise Control Podcast, and that's not a bad thing, a good thing. And without further ado, I get to my man DDP Diamond Dallas Page. What's up, man? How you doing? Unstoppable, baby. How about you? <laughs> hey, man. It is. I'm doing all right. I, I, aside from the snow here in New York City, I am doing well, my man. I love when it snows in New York City. Of course, sitting <laughs> around absolutely sucks. Yeah, man. It, it. Yeah. That, um, this snow came on maybe about a half hour ago. It came on strong, and I was like, I was at work, and I said, you know what, I got to get home. I got DDP coming on at 5.30. I can't miss it. So I left work early for you, man. I'm here. I ran through the snow, and here we go, man. This <laughs> That's great. Great. Awesome. Uh, but, um, yeah, man, it's, first of all, before we go into it, I do want to thank you for coming on. It's, it's really a pleasure and a dream come true to have you on. You are the first um, pro wrestler to ever be on this show, current or former. So this show really means a lot, and I thank you for coming on, man. Uh, my pleasure, buddy. All right, let's get right into it. I know I'm on a, I'm on a time schedule with you. Um, what's, what's going on currently with DDP? How is your health? How is everything? How is DDP living today? Wow, man, I've got, I was just talking to a good friend of mine in, uh, in Texas, and, uh, like, I started telling him what I'm doing right now, and I thought, wow, that's a lot of stuff. <laughs> we got, uh, <laughs> we just got accepted. You know, I, I don't know if you know, but on DDP TV, I put little clips up on YouTube. We have a channel, DDP TV, and uh, I put some clips up of uh, me helping out Jake the Snake Roberts and Scott Hall. And um, the reason there were video clips that while we were making, you know, smartening people up to the journey that we had Jake and Scott on was because we were filming a movie. And right. it's a movie that's called The Resurrection of Jake the Snake. And um, the, uh, we, we finished it about, uh, the cut about two months ago, and we sent it to Slam Dance. Now, Slam Dance is another top, um, another top uh, film festival that runs at the same exact time as Sundance in the exact same city of Park City. So right. uh, it's really a prestigious uh, uh, fe- festival, and we just got accepted, and our phone hasn't stopped ringing for people who want to represent the movie and what we're doing, and uh, it's, uh, it's pretty exciting. And, um, you know, at the same time, we're building the very first DDP Yoga Performance Center, and that is in Atlanta, Georgia. And the DDP Yoga Performance Center is more of a soundstage studio and corporate headquarters for DDP Yoga uh, because we're more of a production company right now. We do a lot of filming. Obviously, we just did the movie, finished the movie, The Resurrection, Jake the Snake. We have two more that we're working on right now. We're filming, um, we're, we're filming 
bits and pieces of that while we're editing those other movies together. Hopefully next year we'll be accepted at another film festival. But the big thing right now is building out the uh, DDP Yoga Performance Center with these three sound stages so we can film workouts because I've got so many new workouts to go with what's already out there on ddpyoga.com. But I've got so many more coming that, um, you know, we need a sound stage to actually film everything, and we're going to encompass it all under one roof. We're also going to be filming our cooking shows. We have another sound stage for that. And then we've got this huge, gigantic green screen. Uh, we have another sound stage for that. And uh, it's all going to be built around what we're calling right now DP Yoga Interactive. And this will be coming sometime in 2015 where we'll take it to the next level, where you'll get the DVDs, but you'll also get a part of a subscription that'll, be, that'll go with the DVDs. And anybody who purchases the DVDs right now, invests in the program, they're going to be granted the same amount of period on the DDPO Get Interactive. So if you get it now, it's still going to be good when, you, when we finally go live. And when, when I say go live, I mean go live. Because we're going to be doing, um, you know, live workouts on, you know, on our DDP Yoga Interactive. And then they'll go right into the queue. So think of Netflix meets fitness, but live. And we already have a bunch of, like, DDP Yoga for kids. We've got that in the queue. We've got a, a bunch of them. We've got DDP Yoga for seniors. You know, we've got DDP Yoga, of course, beginner, intermediate, advanced, psycho. So this is more of a lifestyle that I'm bringing people because if you go online and you check and see, you know, people reviewing DDP Yoga, you're going to be really pressed to find someone not putting it over because, yeah. meaning that it, it works. So uh, it's all coming together right now, the the DDP Yoga Performance Center, the DDP Yoga Interactive, the movie, and it's all it's all coming together, you know, all at the same time. So, you know, and right now we've got our uh, – we've extended our Black Friday sale uh, for a couple more weeks, and our sales have been insane, literally insane. So, uh, you know, again, I'll tell you, normally – on a daily basis, 20 to 25% of my sales every day are friends and family. That means people telling other people, you got to have it. And while we're doing this uh, extended uh, Black Friday, which is our three-year anniversary, uh, while we're doing this extended sale, right now, 42% of our sales our friends and family. Like, that's insane, considering you could have come to us through Shark Tank, which played uh, our segment four times since February. Uh, you could have come from the HBO special that they did last summer. Uh, they could have come from the New York Times, where they did a six-page article. I mean, there's so many places. It could have come from Steve Austin's podcast, Jericho's podcast, JR, Jim Ross's podcast. I mean, there's so many places that could you come from when you think that 42% of our sales are coming from friends and family. 
that's the greatest thing ever. Hey, man, I, I think you answered my next nine questions. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, I'm done. No, um, I mean that. I mean, all that sounds wonderful and great, man, and I'm 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 pulling for you. Um, I did see the Shark Tank episode, and I I was actually home with with my mother that that night, and he and she was like, why does why does he look familiar? And I said, Mom, this is you know DDP Diamond Dallas Page. She was like, why does that name sound so familiar? I'm like, well, because you saw him wrestle years ago. It's like, oh, I noticed with the blonde hair, and it's, now it's cut short. I'm like, no wonder you ain't recognize him. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you keep one of the keys to life is to constantly reinvent yourself, you know, and I'm on my, my fourth or fifth reinvention <laughs> right now, mm-hmm. you know. Right. Um, you mentioned the, the the film on Jake, the resurrection of Jake the Roberts. The, the screening happened, I think, last week or something like that. Um, how was it making this project? Was Jake all for it? And is, is there any time frame of when it will be released to the public? Well, you know, we start with the film festivals, and, and it goes from there. Like we're gonna, we're we're tightening it, tightening it up right now. We have okay. to make a couple more changes, but uh, uh, we wanted to do the film festival thing first and mm-hmm. let the buzz. Because now that we've been accepted, and I'm telling you, man, we've had top, top, top agencies come at us to want to represent us. I'm talking about CAA, which is the biggest firm, and you know agency out there but we've had top top people wanting to represent us uh-huh. because if you call slam dance and you're in that deal they say what if you ask them what's the top you know what's the top things you've got that are coming from slam dance it's like the resurrection of, of uh jake the snake you know is a is a front runner and it's a front runner in the way that it's it's a story of that that hopefully can have Jake walk away walk away from the business, the way he worked so hard during it, as opposed to something like uh, Beyond the Mat, you know, where it just was like the destruction of Jake the Snake. And Jake was the guy, you know. I tried wrestling when I was 22, and Handsome Jimmy Valiant was the guy who made me want to wrestle, but. I, I tried it a couple times. It didn't work out for me in my at 22. I came back at 31 as a manager. And the reason why I got back and tried to get involved in wrestling again in my 30s, I didn't become a wrestler until I was 35, was because I saw Jake the Snake Roberts. Right. And I was so blown away by his character, his realness, his work in the ring, his promos. I mean, he, as a manager, he made me want to get in the ring and wrestle, even though I was in my mid-30s. And, you know, he inspired me in a lot of different times. And then, you know, I always say without Dusty Rhodes, there is no Diamond Dallas Page. But without, because Dusty gave me every break I ever got in the beginning of my career. Mm. And the only reason I made it to the main event and became a three-time world champion was because Jake Roberts taught me. He took me under his wing and he mentored me for years. And I mean years. And uh, I never forgot that. And I always wanted to pay him back. And he wasn't ready for my help years earlier. But he was ready when I came at him in August 
of 2012. And um, it's, it's an awesome story, man. It's a story about a man's redemption. There are dark points, of course, because this is like, as, as much as wrestling is predetermined, and we right. both come from that world, the, the resurrection of Jake the Snake is a shoot. We filmed it as we went. I had cameras all over my house. I um, have guys who are filming and editing for me every day uh, over this journey. If something started to happen and we didn't have cameras, I said, get Steve over here. Get Chris over here. We, stop, everybody stop talking. Okay, now, what did you just say? And then we picked it up. And you can feel it. Like, there is nothing in this movie. I've taken what, what really, I want your mom to watch this movie. Because we just did a screening in Atlanta. And it was a closed screening. You know, we, we invited X amount of people. And there was every type of person from the alcoholic, drug addict, to the mom who never knew anything about wrestling. And I sat next to a woman who was 48 years old, and she was a, um, a friend of a good friend of mine, uh, knew nothing about wrestling, actually did the program, uh, did, did one of my workouts with me in Atlanta, and was blown away by the program. And we invited her to the screening. And I sat right next to her. And on eight different occasions, talking about where you're, you're getting choked up and you're trying not to let anybody see you start crying because exactly. you're wiping your eyes because tears are rolling down, I counted eight different times. After the movie, she told me she was speechless and inspired beyond belief. So that to me, you know, and I've seen it like probably 20 times. And there's at least two or three times that a tear rolls down my eye or two. And I'm fighting every second of it because it's so powerful. And that's to me is a proof. It's not the wrestling fan because the wrestling fan going to love this movie. But the person, it's, it's, it's very remnant, very remnant, and the word I can't think of right now, it's, it's very, uh, it's, it's a lot like the movie The Wrestler, mm-hmm. where you know, when I say that, that was pretty much Jake's light, you know, that movie um, on the, on art, intimate, uh, um, what's it called, art um, and life, how they, they run side and side. Um, but when I say it's a lot like the wrestler, I mean that people who loved wrestling pretty much loved that movie, but people who would never be caught dead watching wrestling, mm. a lot of them love that movie because it's the story. And for this story, like that story doesn't end well. <laughs> you really don't know how that story ends in the movie, the wrestler, mm. but in our movie, you got a pretty good idea of it. And, you know, it, it, it answers a lot of questions that people have just about addiction, you know, and why can't some people, you know, why do they always fall? 
You know, why are you doing so good and then they fall? Mm-hmm. You know, it, you, you know, take it. It goes down to your own interpretation. But uh, bottom line is, you know, I think people are going to be moved by this movie because I've watched it already. So we're pretty, like I said, we're pretty excited. about we have to change a bunch of stuff, you know, we found out. But overall, we're still, we're going to have the same movie. The heart will be there. Heart and soul will still be there. Mm-hmm. I do got a bunch of uh, wrestling questions that people on Twitter and just people that I work with wanted me to ask you. And then I guess you can just answer as thoroughly or, or not as possible. Um, one, right off the back, um, for me, the the Macho Man DVD came out. I saw you talking about him, how much he was a, 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 a big monumental impact on your career, uh, aside from Jake Roberts. Um, for those who have not seen it, number one, they should. And two, how did Macho Man Randy Savage impact your career and give you the lift that DDP needed? Yeah. Again, if uh, if Jake hadn't taught me all the stuff he taught me, I don't know if I would have been ready for it, but I was. And, you know, 1996 come along, it was an awesome year for me, uh, you know, especially towards the end of the year, the response I was getting from the fans. And the NWO was just blowing up so huge. And when I decided to not go with the NWO, and those two guys were really close friends of mine, you know, Kevin Nash and Scott Hall, and I dropped Scott Hall with a diamond cutter out of nowhere in New Orleans in front of 33,000 people. And then Nash got back, dropped over the top rope, and I took off through the crowd. It set the stage for Savage, who was newly in the NWO, to do the attack on me and start a, a feud that would become the 1997 Pro Wrestling Illustrated Feud of the Year. And it beat out another amazing feud, which was Stone Cold Steve Austin and Bret the Hitman Hart. And that year in Pro Wrestling Illustrated, actually both 1997 and 1998, Stone Cold was uh, the number one wrestler in the world. I don't think anybody would dispute that. But in the number four spot was Diamond Dallas Page. And that surge in my career came off the feud with Randy Savage and you know no one told Randy yeah you know what we're going to put Diamond over tonight we're going to give Diamond the win over you Randy because if Randy didn't you know say yes to the favors it wasn't happening and it was Randy's idea so it just said a lot and it did so much for my career and I was always very thankful for that because I know who brought me to the dance, you know, from Dusty to Jake to, to um, bring in the assassin, number one, Jody Hamilton, you know, Scott and Kev. I mean, there's a lot of guys who helped me. The bookers weren't my biggest fans. They weren't the biggest fans of me until 1997 came around. Then they were, but up to uh, that point, they didn't really believe in me, but my, but my friends, they knew my work ethic and I was not going to be denied. So it was a uh, it was an amazing run, and it's what's really given me, you know, the um, I guess the Q rating, you know, for people to know. Like your mom's like, I know that guy. How do I know him? Mm-hmm. You know, when you're on TV every Monday night live for three hours, and I might be on for five minutes, I might be on for thirty five minutes, and then to do it again live on Thursday night 
for two hours and again. I might be on for 10 minutes. I might be on for 30, you know, throughout the show. And then we do a live pay-per-view, and then Saturday and Sunday mornings, you're on TV a lot. So it's, it's, it's worth its weight in gold, and it has paid off for my, my DDP yoga career, like, over and over and over again. Because probably about half the people who invest in DDP yoga are fans. But half the people who have no idea who Diamond Dallas Page is are huge fans of the workout. So it's it's all amazing, amazing trip. Were there any wrestlers during your prime, also in the the whole Monday Night War era, including the the WWF roster at the time? Were there any wrestlers that you've never fought, ever fought before, but but you still say to yourself, if I had fought him at least one time, it would have been a great match. God, there's a lot of them. But the top three, one would be The Rock. And I had the opportunity when I showed up at WWE, and I, I let those guys talk me out of it. But it should have been people's champion versus people's champion. And I dropped the ball there. Um, but the positive thing that came out of you know, doing the stalker angle, it taught me that uh, you can't be afraid to walk away from the table. If you really believe in yourself, don't let anyone change your mind. Don't let anyone distract your goal. And uh, it was the best lesson Vince ever could have taught me. Because today, like the Shark Tank episode, they, we took us two years to get on that show, five different interviews. And at the end of it all, they sent us a 27-page contract. And they wanted to control everything we did PR-wise, like whether it's YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, being on the Fox and Friends or whatever. They wanted to control it. So I was leaving to go to Chattanooga from Atlanta, and as I was right about to walk out the door, I looked at my, my president of my company, Steve Yu, and I said, Steve, send those guys at Shark Tank an email thanking them so much for the opportunity Tell them we love the show, but we're going to pass. And he went, what? I said, dude, no one will control me again. No one. And I will never let that happen to me. They, they don't know our business. They don't care. I'm not going to sign with anybody who wants to bring in, put us in a box. So he sent him an email. 90 minutes later, I was talking to the executive vice president, not executive vice president, the executive producer of uh, the show Shark Tank, and they're telling me, how, how can we fix this? And it was three other contracts they brought me. I said no until we got to the final contract, and I was like, absolutely, I'll sign that. And it was the best move I ever made for my company. But I can't tell you how many times since that meeting with Vince McMahon and Shane McMahon that – I have learned the lesson of you've got to be able to say no, no, thank you, thank you for the opportunity, but I'm going to pass. So it was the best thing that ever happened to me, in, you know, in retrospect, doing the stalker angle, but I would have loved to work with The Rock. I would have loved to work with Shawn Michaels. Uh, I would have loved to work with Hunter. I would have loved to work with Stone Cold. So I would, that, those are four guys that, you know, God, huh. Now, me and, me and Hunter, Triple H, back in the day, 
we were down to PowerPoint together. And I'll tell you a story about him. He um, he was there the day Johnny Laurinaitis gave me his version of the Ace Crusher that I changed up a couple th- ways and made it the Diamond Cutter that came out of nowhere, a la Jake's DDT. And for a year and a half after Triple H had left, he'd been up there in New York, and I watched everything the WWE ever did. You know, I know they were the WF back then, but now they're, so let's just call them the WWE. Um, I watched everything, every show. And I saw Triple H one night pull a diamond cutter out of nowhere. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> you know, like, I just started really getting it over. I just started really getting it over. I didn't want someone else to do it. So right. I called him up, and I said, Paul, I said, he's like, hey, D, how you doing? I said, good, good. I said, uh, I'm calling because I need a favor. And he goes, sure, what do you need? I said, don't say yes until you hear, because I have no right to ask you this. Because, you know, Bret Hart had the sharpshooter. Sting had the scorpion death rock. Same move. Two different names, two different, you know, companies with both top guys. But you could do one there and one over there. Like, they wanted Stone Cold Steve Austin to do the diamond cutter. He's like, there's no way I'm doing that. That's Dallas's move. Yeah. And that's where the stunner came from. You know, it's a version, but it ain't, it's its own version. So um, uh, I called Hunter and asked him not to do it. And... He said, sure, D. And he never did it again. Like something like that. That was huge for my career. Now, after that, a lot of people copied it. But, you know, bottom line is he never did it again. And that was very, very cool, you know. Mm. I got two more before, uh, before you, DDP. I know you, I know you got to run. Um, real quick, what was your... What was your highest moment during your time in WCW? Well, absolutely the Savage Feud, um, winning the world title. You know, uh, when you think about that, uh, you know that that foursome. It was a it was a four way dance. It was Sting, Flair, and Hogan. Arguably, three of if not the top three guys in the world at the time, you know, mm-hmm. you've got to put stone cold in there, you know, of course, and, you know, undertaker. Um, but this is a different company. You know, the rock was popping up back then too. Well, the rock was actually the man right there at that point too. He was awesome. So yeah, you take those three guys out. These are the other three top, top guys besides Nash and Hall, you know, and uh, to be in that group of guys, because really you take the top, 10 guys and, you know, drop down till we get to, you know, five in the top 10 and you can interact. You can just exchange guys, you know, for what level they were at. But these three guys, for me to be in that, you know, foursome and Randy Savage being the guest referee, you know, and being able to hit Ric Flair with the diamond cutter right in the middle and Savage doing the count and handing me the world title two years later, I don't know if you really can get a higher moment than that in my business, you know. And uh, it really, you know, showed that all the hard work will pay off. You just got to put the hard work in 
and live through the spiral that takes you up and down, the cyclical path that will take you through highs and lows, and you've got to stay focused on the goal. And the reward only comes from the work. You know, I, I don't think anyone who's listening to your show right now can deny, tell me something in your life that was the greatest thing ever, that you hold the closest thing to your heart, that you didn't have to work for, that someone just gave you. Mm. Bullshit. You know, yeah. the size of the gratitude comes from the size of the work ethic that got you there. Now, last question. Would you consider that to be DDP's greatest match ever, or is there another one out there that you would put up there? Well, I wouldn't call it the greatest match. It was fun. My greatest matches, I think, were the first one with Savage. All of them were great, but the first one for me was the highlight uh, where I dropped the strap to uh, to sing on Nitro at the 9 o'clock hour. I think it's the best match. Top, I, I don't know who can have a better match than we had on Nitro than me and Sting had in that match. Uh, I loved the match with Goldberg at Halloween Havoc. I loved every match I ever had with Eddie Guerrero. Um, right. I love the I love the stuff I did with the NWO. You know the NWO, Kevin Scott, like those guys fought for me to to get that opportunity to be the first guy to drop them. It was my idea, but they fought for it, and it was on TV and got pulled off ten weeks in a row, and. Those guys fought for it to happen. So, you know, considering I created Scott Hall's gimmick, which became the Diamond Stud, which made him famous as Razor Ramon, which brought him back as Scott Hall, and him telling everybody exactly how it went down, from the color of the hair to the, you know, the the brush-cut five-clock shadow to the toothpick, everything. I mean, I gave it all to him. And he got it over, and uh, he never forgot that. You know, I got I got him a, a job and created a look for him when he needed it the most, and his wife was pregnant with Cody. And, uh, you know, again, he never forgot that. And then he, he helped me skyrocket my career, him and Kevin both, and they didn't have to do that. Um Another reason why I helped Scott Hall out when he when I knew he needed it, uh, I picked the spot, and I tell you, one of the greatest lines he was working out. Yeah, I do I do the workout, you know, the DDP yoga every morning at my house. I have sometimes some of my instructors call the class, but you know, a lot of times I teach it, and Scott and Jake are there, you know, a lot. And Scott, he said to me the other day, he said, you know, D, I know that drinking, you know, alcoholism is always going to be a crutch for me. He said, I know I've got a lot of adversity to come over. He said, but drinking ain't going to be one of them. And I was like, wow. That's the first time I ever heard that out of his mouth. Like, call it out there. 
it, it, it ain't going to be one of them. You know, he, you know, he normally would say, you know, I'm going to fall. You know, and now he's he's telling, he's changing the story he's telling himself, and that's awesome. We all pull ourselves down with emotional gravity. You know, I tell everybody, you can change your state. That means the way you are, the way you're feeling, the way you're looking in an instant. And the way you do it is you change your physiology. Think about how you are when you're crying, when you're bummed out, what your physiology is doing. You're hunched over. You're curled up. You have to change your physiology. You have to change what you focus on. And you have to change the story you tell yourself. If you tell yourself you're a loser, I know I'm going to do drugs. I know I'm going to drink. I just know I'm going to fail. You're right. The greatest quote ever to me, and I'll leave you with this. If you say you can or you say you can't, you're right. You know who said that? No, I don't. (laughs) Henry Ford. But what the hell did he ever do, right? (laughs) 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 He changed the world on so many different levels. It's mind-boggling. From the invention of the car to the assembly line. I mean, insane the way that man changed the world. And the quote, leave you with it again. Listen to the voice in your head. Focus on being a positive story. Focus on overcoming adversity. If you say you can or you say you can't, you're right. I know I can. I know I'm changing the world. I know that it's a humbling experience, and I'm enjoying every instant of it. Hey, bro, thanks for having me on the show, man. Appreciate your love. No problem, DDP. Uh, again, thank you, man. I did want to have you do this thing real quick. I, I need a sound bite. I'm going into 2015. I'm you trying to get the show rolling. All, they, all I want you to say is your normal, uh, quote, bang. This is DDP, Diamond Dallas Page, and you're listening to the Cruise Control Podcast. Go. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Because <laughs> right I'm not just going to do it like that. I'm going to do it way better than that. Okay, okay. Cruise, cruise Control Project? Yeah, because my last cruise name control is Cruise Control what? Podcast. Yeah, right. But Cruise con- Podcast. Okay, okay. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah, it didn't sound right. All right, Cruise Control Podcast. You ready? There you go. Yo, monkeys. It's me, D D. P, the king of Bada Bing, the master of the diamond cutter, the three-time, three-time, three-time world champion and CEO and founder of DDP Yoga. And you, monkey, well, you, you're listening to the Cruise Control Podcast. And that's not a bad thing, a good thing. Bang! How's that? Wonderful. Wonderful. Thank you. <laughs> that was perfect. That was way better than me. Way better than me. <laughs> All right, brother. Have a great holiday, man. All right, man. Thank you. You too. <laughs>